stopped in at Santiago Airport. I right. Haven't, I haven't been outside of it. When you get into the city, it's it's like it's basically nestled in a valley between high, high snow-capped mountains. And then in the, it's like quite flat on the valley floor where the city is. And it's got these like really steep, sh- short mountains that are popping up and they just leave them as national parks. So it's like, a, it's like a blanket of urban landscape with just these green little like protrusions, like, yeah. like giant sort of pimple things just coming out. It's awesome. Um, but insane. Otherwise, the city is like spectacular. The architecture and it's every bit as modern as Sydney. They've got, I think, South America or the South and Southern Hemisphere's tallest building, shit like that. Yeah, right. Yeah. But then you you drive for ninety minutes, and you can drive past people living in mud houses, and like the the time that it takes <laughs> to make that leap in quality of life and like living situation in general, it's just. Bananas. I've never seen anything quite like it in that specific city where it's so concentrated and it's in this valley. And as soon as you depart the valley, it's just like farms and mud, mud housing. But isn't it interesting the way that like the whole sort of life of a city, like what it demands of people that live in it, mean that things that are just a 90 minute driveway are just like may as well be a, a whole nother universe. Yeah. Like, completely. that's just, like, the proximity is just cancelled out by just, like, that barrier. The sheer disparity. Yeah. Of it. yeah. The access barrier that it creates to be, like... Yeah. Doesn't that... That's really, like... That's a nice way of putting a, this, a scale on it. It's that people are trying to transition from one universe to another. It's not just from one street to another or getting another house somewhere. It's like yeah. they're moving universes and they're yeah. trying. It's within inside of them, because like for me, you think about that and it makes me ask myself like, why would? How is that dream so captivating? How are so many people trying to do this impossible thing? And it's because it's right there. It's next to them. They can yeah. see it, and it's like they cannot say no to it because it's so much better than what they're currently experiencing. Yeah. There's a. Um, <clears throat> In my sort of in my university studies studying British literature, they one of the undercurrents of like a lot of you know nineteenth and twentieth twenty into the twenty first century British literature revolves around a similar kind of concept where they talk about how Britain becomes so defined by London mm. and like so the the actual nation itself experiences a similar thing where everywhere else that isn't London may as well be these mud houses outside of the city Mm. that like are there they're so close they're the same part of the same place yeah stones throw away but they're just like in a tiny country they're like gravitational or just like the the reach and the power that London exercises not just in Britain but the world over yeah has just become this like separate country almost yeah like it's just become this whole separate history and narrative and like relevance global force and power yeah and relevance that it's just like everywhere else basically just gets glossed over that's such an interesting thing man because yeah. that's exactly what it feels like but it's entirely dictated by culture geography has nothing to do with it yeah it's just like where human beings have decided the boundary lies is where it is and it's it's as powerful as an international country jump yeah so like one of the so one of the texts that I studied is, which I lent to a customer at work who was about to set off for a, um, he was cycling to Uluru and back mm-hmm. from Sydney. So I lent Crikey, him this. that's pretty, wow. So I lent him this book because that 
this was one of the, my favourite books that I've part read before I handed over to, him, yeah. to this guy. But it's about this young... I think I know who this guy is. <laughs> yeah, this like young 27-year-old um, British dude that sp- rides a push bike around the whole of the island. And as he's doing that, he's like going in and stay, going to the local pubs and talking to people and asking them about those areas of England and of Britain more widely mm. because he's like sort of trying to write a counter narrative to this whole sort of London centric Britain. He's wow. like trying to sort of document and it's really interesting the way he synthesizes the histories of the places that he's at with his own sort of observations and commentary and recounting narratives of the people that he meets along the way. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And like just I guess trying to give a voice to just qualifying the history a bit with Yeah. yeah We're trying to give stories. a voice to these places and these people that have just been like marginalised yeah I'm yeah. just like imagining it like a, a globe in the middle and then like the light emanating outwards and like that light pollution just like you know what wiping over the rest of it yeah that's the image that I'm sort of yeah yeah about. I feel I it resonates because I feel like every single person from the UK that I meet who's not from London <laughs> has the same sort of nuance of resignation in the way they explain where they're from because it instantly yeah. starts with okay so you know where london is it's yeah. northeast of that or whatever yeah. I'm like, yeah exactly it's, it's always the point of reference but you can see it with it there's a bit of exasperation in the way that people say it because they'll go like oh norfolk or yeah you know, but Sussex i think or whatever and it's just, crazy because like it's it's bred a really really like palpable territorial like I don't know like tribalism yeah we've got like state of origin here which is on at the moment which is like you know very marketable and like somewhat engineered (laughs) somewhat Okay. Okay. Anyway, yes, very engineered rivalry. But I feel like in the UK, it's a lot more genuine, and it's a lot like, you know, it just there's 65 million people living in a fucking very small plot of land. Yeah, but also for thousands of years for them by now. Yeah, exactly right. couple hundred for us so there's like the i feel like the yeah the tribalism of different counties and different cities is just like so legit deep (laughs) yeah so yeah 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 it's a real blood feud thing but i i wonder about whether like i think this is probably just a symptom of development so it has to exist in some capacity in australia and it's sort of, I think it might be manifest in a few more genuine ways than just this engineered corporation who has pitched one state against the other for three times a year <laughs> and made no money in the process. So There's a community activity, guys. That's it. Strictly voluntary. Get but it to must... the game early for a seat. We're not selling tickets. <laughs> Love one another. Don't spend money anymore. I reckon it must exist in a few more like organic social forms across the country and I haven't traveled enough around to see but I've got cousins in WA and Mm. like there's definitely a there's cultural differences that would appear non-existent from someone outside Australia but they're very they're pretty apparent like I feel like you can sort of 
For me, West Australians are 10% more honest and just 10% louder than the rest of Australia. Oh, That's how 10%. you define it. We had, we had a girl from Perth just stay with us over the weekend, <laughs> one of Henry's friends. Yeah. <laughs> Fully. She was, she was like 35% I, louder. I love it, man. I love it because like, it yeah. makes me realise how shy we've become when you ask yeah. a West Australian how you've been. Oh, yeah, good, man. How about you? How are you going? Right. <laughs> Yeah. Straight up, looking dead in your eyes. <laughs> no, it's I, so fresh, man. But I feel like they're just more genuine, salt of the earth people. Yeah, they're yeah, just yeah. Like so much less bullshit. I don't know, dude. Sydney is just so stressed, dude. I notice it whenever I leave Sydney. I'm just like, oh, there are actually just still people in Australia just having a great time. Yes, just chilling. Yeah, just like fucking oh, this is this place. Yes, <laughs> exactly, man. This is exactly what I'm talking about. Is this exists? This cultural divide and it's not as pronounced as the borders of London and the rest of the UK or the rest of Britain but it's definitely apparent in some ways and I think that these people look over at the east I think it is like not even not an east-west thing it's just literally the the three east coast cities or five of them now if you include Gold Coast and Newcastle but there's like that east coast bubble where 85% of us live and I think the other 15% are on the outside looking in, just going, what the fuck are you all doing in there? Like, <laughs> what? Yeah. what? Are you serious? Like, have you seen what I do? 20 minutes drive from my front door? Because whatever, like, pick your spot, pick why it's an amazing place yeah. to live. And we've got so many of them. I'm really interested to see over the next, you know, few decades, what the trend out out of those cities is going to be. Like, I wonder if, you know, I guess for the last few centuries, the trend of, you know, urban development and modernisation, if you want to call it yeah. that, has been people moving towards cities. And I think we've, you know, we've talked about it a lot on this podcast is that <laughs> what that kind of lifestyle does to a human being's mentality yep. to the point where it becomes unlivable. Yep. And if we're going to see a trend of people moving outwards from cities. I think it's a guarantee because, like, for two reasons. Because I think people are, there's definitely an exodus from our really dense urban places already. I think, like, a lot of young people are choosing to live a semi-rural lifestyle, raise a family somewhere nice, and realising there's a lot of self-sufficiency on offer if you can just work hard at it to yeah. achieve it. It's right there for you. I think that's definitely happening. But also it's, whilst there's mental health implications, I think about like the supply bottleneck that how much of, how many of us depend on our farmers to produce everything for us, everything. Yeah. And then the, the, all that urban development comes with rural departure on like a mass scale where suddenly there's no one to do the job that now 90% of us rely on or 95% or whatever it is. And yeah. there's gonna, it's going to basically enforce this change, I think, where people realise, like, holy shit, I'm actually... Food's going to get really expensive. Water's going to be a bit on the ropes all the time. I'm yeah. going to need to get a property where I can grow a bit of food and also capture a bit of rain. Yeah. And then, so, I think there's, like, a number of different push and pulls. You can, you can foresee a scene man. where farmers have just gone, like, shit hits the fan to the point where food becomes scarce and farmers just like I'm not no, I'm, I'm not, not giving the Woolworths truck my shit man this is for me <laughs> yeah yeah and then yeah. people marching from the city to the farms with pitchforks being like give me my fucking bag of three dollar spinach you exactly <laughs> exactly I don't want a bar of that man but I see that on the horizon as well but the thing is this works really well for what 
we're describing as this 15% of Australia who are like, guys, it's amazing out here. What are you doing in there? That includes the farmers who are living what reads as a really challenging and arduous and like harder lifestyle than yeah. living in the city with a few 7-Elevens within arm's reach. It's like, <laughs> but they're really happy and none of them want to move to the city. Like those people are living that really challenging lifestyle but feeling so rewarded by it that they're, yeah. it's, it's worth it. it. Must be such a big quality of life change in like spending every single day outside all day. <sighs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, obviously you're at more at risk of things like skin cancer and stuff. But I wonder, I wonder if it would be interesting to see whether or not like the different endorphin releases and the things that happen in the brain as a result of spending all that time outside, how much of that extends your life. Yeah, whether they offset the... the yeah. New yeah, yeah, exactly. I had that exact thought just then. It's exactly like um, that thing we were talking about with food. Where like if you to think you digest <laughs> yeah. food better, if you really really like yeah. it, is the stuff yeah. in front of you more bioavailable? Could, could, a, could a pizza at times be better for you than a salad that you hate while you're eating, yeah. and therefore your body rejects? What do we call it? Situational situational influence. influence. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah. We've come up with a few good <laughs> trading words from the other week. That was a good one. <laughs> trading words. <laughs> yeah, I like that. situational influence. <laughs> Well, this is exactly the same thing, whether the situational influence of having yeah. like, yeah, all those endorphins that you're talking yeah, about so and this rewarding experience, bringing your stress levels down and yeah. offsetting any of the new stuff. Yeah, like when I'm at work currently, I don't put on sunscreen. I'm feeling pretty confident that I'm not at risk of getting, you know. UV damage. Yeah, yeah, like chronic damage <laughs> yeah. to my skin while yeah. I'm at work. You've got two, no, four traffic. Train lines giving you some shade. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a funny tree. And a nail metro line. Well. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but then, you know, and that's obviously the same for a lot of people that work in an urban environment. But how much damage are you doing mentally that's, mm. yeah, then offsetting, mm. I guess, the physical protective barriers that we've constructed for ourselves? Man, situational influence. That's. Such good terminology. Trademark. Maybe, yeah, we should trademark that <laughs> shit. Or maybe change the podcast name from the sunken place to situational influence. There we nah, go. then we don't have to talk about it every episode. Yeah, <laughs> from the sunken place as well. We're not leaving this place. Yeah, <laughs> where we've built ourselves the perfect fucking safety net. Like, <laughs> I'm like, oh shit, we cooked it again. <laughs> That's the whole point. Yeah, what am I saying? <laughs> <laughs> Would you rewatch Get Out? No, I've got no interest. I have seen it. It's been you watch it again? No, I haven't. It's been added Whoa. to Netflix recently, and I've also seen it on planes that I've been on recently. Been like, oh, recently, not recently, <laughs> in the bars, yeah, and been like, oh, perfect opportunity. I'm in the seat. I can't really go anywhere. It's it. there, you know. See, that's so funny because when you said that. For like a split second there, and you can probably hit the go back 15 seconds and listen to it. <laughs> My heart stopped for a second when I thought you might have watched it again. It would have had, I would have had an emotional reaction to that in like, yeah. in that I think <laughs> the fucking depth be of... betrayal? Not betrayal. <laughs> sort of betrayal. <laughs> no, it'd just be like, so profound was that experience that it would have been, I had an emotional bearing on me. 
Yeah, I I just, I've got no interest. In I don't, don't want to see rewatch it because I think if I would rewatch it and not feel what I felt the first time, which I inevitably wouldn't, I would feel like either a I must have just been thinking stuff in my head that mm-hmm. didn't exist, but might have been more fun. <laughs> Likely outcome. <laughs> 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 or B, I can't even remember what B is. <laughs> No, it's just not on the cards for me at all. I just, I'm happy to leave it in the past, man, because I find it's yeah. like when you like try to go visit a place that you used to go and you've got fond memories of it. It's not as good. It's just like I sort of like, taint the original yeah. memory a bit. I feel like this podcast has been you and I trying to find an explanation for what it is that we almost certainly both felt when we watched the movie. Yes. And we were like, did you feel it? Yeah, I felt it. What, what the, the fuck, fuck was it? <laughs> And yeah. it's all of this. That's it. So is 41 that, episodes is worth that of basically bullshit. PTSD from a movie? I think so. <laughs> it's a psychotherapy session. Fully, fully. Like, so do you think it might have been this holiday <laughs> that you went on that might have caused this? Yeah. Fuck, man. So, okay, so... We've got was, to meet the director. Yeah. It was too, there was another one that came out from the same director. And it was yeah. called... What was it called? Upload or something? Or upgrade, and the guy gets a chip in him, and suddenly he's just the fucking oh, man. No. I it looks really good. I'm pretty sure I sent you the trailer, and you rejected me. <laughs> Doesn't sound like me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, what do you think? There was a show I watched, I don't know, a few years ago. I watched one episode, and I think I haven't seen any Black Mirror that people have mentioned to me recently. Oh, I've only just seen it all. Okay. Yeah. So, does Black Mirror work off the pretense that one of the narrative plots is that, like, things like Instagram likes and stuff, that kind of currency is just, like... Everything. Is everything? Yeah. Is that what these kind of shows are? That is the kind of theme that they explore. So, that was one episode. There's one episode where this girl, literally everything you do comes with an approval rating, or, like, you're you're flicking up or you're flicking down on... That what show? Yeah, that's an ep- that's seen. one episode of Black Mirror, right? And okay. then, but the other episodes basically explore similar, really fucked up dystopian potential outcomes that are so close on the horizon they're really really easy to buy into. You don't have to think hard about the evolution of our current technology to achieve whatever it is that they're. Do- it's really really well done. So I mean, what do you think about? What what did you think about that one where they? explored approval ratings and that kind of thing, you know, mm. evolving outwards from things like your Uber rating. Yeah, yeah. To just like everyday Just like exchanges. human yells. Like how is this person? Like what, yeah. What was do it, I think was about it? Was it gripping? It? Was it captivating? Like yeah. What, what yeah. kind of stuff did they sort of offer up? As? I, I watched that. That was the first one I watched. I watched it years ago. So I don't have a firm recollection of exactly what the narrative is. But it's... It's not far away from what's already happening in my, in my opinion. Okay. I guess what I'm trying to ask is, if, if that took place, would you see that as having positives, mainly pros or mainly cons? Mainly cons. Exclusively cons. Okay. <laughs> because I, th- I think my probably impulse is to think the same as you. I was chatting with an Uber driver the other night and... He was saying, he's like, I've been doing this for three years. I've only had one bad customer in that whole time. And he was mainly putting that down to people 
feel like because they're being raided, they sort of put on a... Well, sorry, I was sort of putting words in his mouth here. But, like, your tendency might be to just perform nicer and happier. Yeah, yeah. To try and obviously, like... Because you know that that rating going forward is going to... Yeah, influence your capacity to use this service down the track. Yeah. So, from that sense... I was like, yeah, even if people have been a little bit fake to you, I guess whatever. I mean, if they're being... If it's it doesn't providing matter if, a good service. Yeah, if it doesn't, if it doesn't matter... Well, okay, I guess this is the question. What's more important for someone to be either genuinely polite or impolite or always polite, whether they're or not, that'd be genuine or fake? Mm. Well, that's why I think it's exclusively negative. Because, because like... I think the more you do that, the more you depart from how you're honestly feeling and projected. It's just keeping up appearances. Well, the more like you're tearing a fresh loose end off your fucking brain, basically, yeah. to like <laughs> basically look back on that in your memory and your experience of life and go like, who the fuck was I just then? What, like, whatever. It's just introducing a new character that you then have to be keeping yeah. track of depending on who you're talking to. And it's just like, <laughs> then you've got to, if you're not like, I don't know, this is something that has always challenged me about hospitality is where you're expected to be on and bubbly and fucking on fire every single day. And the minute you're not, people feel really entitled. Because you've made your, yourself a product, people yeah. feel really entitled to comment on the quality of you, yeah. your product. And so, like, if you're not in a great mood, oh, someone's fucking grumpy today, boy. Like, someone will say something. <laughs> yeah, fully. And unless you, unless you, it's it's just a lose lose situation because then you're either losing the goodwill. So I guess the problem is having made a product of yourself to start with. But if you don't just change character and be like, oh fucking blah blah, blah and just like, come back and just jump on in, <laughs> yeah, and then Pull pretend, the face to pretend the that you exactly, exactly <laughs> rattle the doll in front of the child, which that's going to have an emotional penalty on you. You're going to feel shit and it's yeah. going to cost you something. But is does it cost you more than just like being in that headspace and being like, fuck, I'm sorry. I don't like, I'm just, this is, I've got you going on, leave me alone sort of thing. Yeah. Well, I think like if, if yeah, which is borderline impossible to do in that environment. Uh, yeah. And what freaks me out is that like, basically it's just the structure of our life around us to constantly now demand. It's just demanding. I guess it's like holding up a, an agenda that it wants you to be to meet as closely as you can, sort of. Yeah. And, like, who, who's governing what that, I guess, like... You are. Like, I think that's the, whole thi- that's the whole thing that we're forgetting is, like, it's yeah. your character is entirely your choice, but it's trying... It's, it's like it's being taken away from you by these frameworks. Yeah, well, it's like if, I be, if I'm my character and I get a three Uber rating, or, yeah. and then I fucking see that, I'm like, Shit, oh, what the hell? Like, yeah. what was they doing that... He's only giving me a three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, just even if it, what do I, who do I need to be to get the five? Exactly, but it, and even though it would be a really valuable thing for other people and for you and for that person to just be like, you know, I got exactly what I needed out of this service. Driver wasn't very talkative, but because he had a fucking bad day, like we all do, and whatever, <laughs> like it didn't have an impact on anything, and then. Oh, sweet. Like, we're acknowledging that as a normal thing. Cool. Like, I don't have to feel obliged to be this fucking puppet for you. (laughs) Yeah. Rather than just going, three, the guy was grumpy. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And it's so, people review that, they volunteer their opinion so faster negatively than they do positively. Yeah. Like, I think you, if there's some, it's, it's that, 
There's a ratio yeah. in psychology. It's like five to one or something positive, yeah. no, negative to positive. If you have a bad experience, you're likely to tell this many people. If you have a positive experience, you're likely to tell this many people. Yeah, exactly. Or, yeah. yeah, I think it applies in a number of places. So it applies like that, but it also applies that like uh, five people will review negatively for every one person that reviews positively, full stop. Really? Yeah, and it's like people are quick to complain and they withhold sort of compliments. It's like this weird thing that we do yeah i agree it's i i feel like people certainly in the life i have around me people are so yeah it's like it's just banter banter with strangers now it's just like oh how shit's this how shit's that it's exactly. so much easier to bond over like taking a negative stance on something than it is a positive stance on something yeah yeah that it's so that's so true and it's so toxic because it's like this um is it tall? Is that what we call tall poppy syndrome? Where if you did the opposite yeah. and you were just like, how fucking awesome is this that, yeah. we're, in, that we're in Sydney, Australia yeah. today and I'm making you this fucking <laughs> beverage that came from Africa, yeah. like, you know, whatever, the sun's shining and you make a really positive thing. <laughs> the reaction's like... But you're just like, oh, it's Monday though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, it's so sorry. dismissive. It's just like, this fucking, who the fuck is this guy? Like, there's nothing great about being fucking Monday and, you know... Yeah, I'm tired. <laughs> yeah. Don't want to go to work. Fucking night's lost again. <laughs> yeah, but that's what I mean. Like, I feel like sharing cynicism with someone is just like such a like easy, just like base level thing that people can just tap into and identify with. Yeah. And it's just so surface level that you just... It's a tenuous know. thing to build any relationship yeah. on. <laughs> just no, the stuff we hate. No one walks away from like a shared conversation with stranger being like, oh, how shit's the weather been like the last week or so? Oh man, terrible. No one no, walks away feeling better from that. Yeah, being like, oh my God, how cool was that? Oh, well, wasn't it great that we oh, shared the same opinion? Oh, what time? I'm going to the coffee shop at the exact same time tomorrow. I wonder if he'll be there. Like, <laughs> <laughs> great to get to know him. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I think I, it's just... I was thinking That's about... That's my fear, though. Anyway, sorry. Coming back to this base thing about... You know, ratings. Yeah. That's so, my fear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's an extrapolation of social media that this reality is. And I've, social media... Okay, so think about a person who... Not social. <laughs> yeah. It's such a fucking ridiculous thing. Like... As soon as one of us starts talking about social media, it's all over. <laughs> <laughs> but basically... I've done some thinking as fucking normal, usual. Surely, yeah. Surely not. <laughs> so, if we reconcile social media as exclusively attention-seeking behaviour, that's not something we like about one another, but that is entirely what it is, is attention-seeking. And so, like, there's an inherent danger immediately, but then to have that turn into an inability to then actually demonstrate who you really are. Fuck, I don't know. It's just like, that's, that's going to cause... I know. I, I really worry about what the future lies in, in things like that. But like, what the current... I think that's the current is like it's already happening in things that are just... So the stuff that happens in the culture, which is just unfathomable. Stuff like suicide, where you're just like, what the fuck? How, does you, how, did, they, how did they get there? Like, yeah. That's not what animals do. Like that's... It, it, it's just, I think it's already happening in a way. Yeah. Or in a number of ways. 
But yeah, how much further it's going to go is pretty scary to think about. Yep, and knowing that, I am done. Dude. I'm so sorry. No, no, no. I'm, I okay, sorry. You, you did that. Okay, now that we've sort of done the little sidestep that we do with each other at the start of the episode, you did have something you wanted to run by. <laughs> I had a couple of things. Naturally, we've already covered a few of them. Because one of them was that social media is uh, exclusively attention-seeking. I had another one written down because I I was thinking the other day about um, I don't have great childhood memory. Uh, I'm not good at remembering stuff from my childhood. I have great memories of it, but there's not many of them. Whereas I've chatted to a few people who seem like suspiciously familiar with memories from when they're three. And they're like, yeah, I remember when I was three and this happened and blah, blah, blah. And this is what I used to do. I'm like... Do you actually fucking remember that? Or is that like, how on earth do you, I think that's a narrative that, whatever. That you've just been told many, many times over by older members of your family. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Um, but I was, I was remembering one of mine, which was picking blueberries with my grandma at a farm where you walk into the vine with a bucket, you pick out what you want, you weigh it at the end and that's what you pay for. And I was thinking about, that as one of my all-time, like a really special thing that somehow I've taken away from my childhood, like basically, is otherwise it's pretty cloudy. But I have, I have really sparkling, clear memories. And now I've thought about that for the first time, maybe like two days ago, uh, in a while. And I thought about, my initial thought straight away was like, man, what a fucking overhead to have a farm where people can just walk in and just start eating, <laughs> eating your produce before they weigh it out on the way out. Like, mate, running a business like that would be rough. But, like, but I kept thinking about it and I thought, okay, well, why is that even a memory of mine? It's because it was this insanely special activity for me to go and do, which is like forage for food with my grandma at a really, really squishy vulnerable age impressionable age and it's it, it impacted and it like it imprinted and it's like been if it's a memory of mine then it must have shaped my character in some way yeah from all the way back then wow. and so then I had a I realized that like that experience offering that to some child or some family that is worth so much more than whatever amount of blueberries you lose from the, the experience of a kid just yeah. like imagine seeing a grandma and his kid, her kid, come out of the vines, weighing up. And your kid's just got fucking blue all over his face. The biggest smile is just like covered in like dirt and blueberries. <laughs> the grandma's just glowing and like, like whatever that blueberry bucket costs, that's not what the product is. Yeah. And so I reckon that's the fifteen percent of people who live outside of this bubble in the east in Australia. And I reckon that's like basically a good demonstration of this cultural divide, which isn't yeah. as pronounced as going from London to the rest of Britain, that does exist in Australia. And it's because like there's stuff that's beyond monetary value yeah. that people realise. Yeah, dude. Because the owner of that farm must just sleep so fucking well every night. <laughs> and there were a few good surf breaks near where that place was. You know, yeah. that's probably someone on 20 acres or something who's living a lifestyle and is not really concerned about how much money's going in the bank because they know that what they're offering doesn't really yeah, have a financial value. Place to me. My, yeah, but I think it's just that I don't know how much longer that way of life is going to be like, or just the available. capacity, yeah, available, the capacity for that to continue. Why? Well, I mean, I hope, like I space, hope I'm wrong. Space, do you mean? I hope I'm wrong. But the thing is, is that 
if we like, okay, I watched the, the Big Short the other day. Have you seen that no, movie? No, I okay, so it, it explores the financial crisis in that happened ten years ago, whenever it was, and it's saying that like, <laughs> and this is me trying to paraphrase a fucking complex. <laughs> yeah, issue. yeah, yeah. But it was basically saying that the financial crisis occurred because people, bankers primarily, were like turning people's dreams of, you know, buying their own homes became like a leverageable thing Mm -hmm. to make insurance about mortgages and stuff and then basically trade them into money. So they just converted what was essentially just like this ideal way of living that millions and millions of people in America were working for working for yeah turn it into a thing that they could trade with one another and make bets on and trade money about and then Jesus shit went pear shaped yeah and they were saying at the conclusion of that so Ryan Gosling's playing the narrator and he was like oh but don't worry because after that all the bankers went to jail and we realised that we can't do that anymore and the American government brought in all these (laughs) new laws to like stop that stuff happening and he was like nah joking that none of that happened America the government bailed out the banks and they just basically carried on you know they got fuck all penalty in in the whole scheme of things well the people who would be deciding the penalty are making all the money so yeah so that's what I mean I'm like so when we talk about the farmers protecting their crops at doomsday being like no I'm not giving that to Coles I'm not giving that to Woolies you will not buy my onions they're (laughs) for me yeah all, my sense is that it's always the bigger players that are going to go, no, 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 you will give me the onions. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And so, like, as much as those people try and shield themselves from this just, like, consuming fucking capitalist beast, they're still, they're going to eventually just eat up everything that they can find. Uh, yeah, yeah. So... I don't watch much Ryan Gosling at all. Oh, yeah. He just doesn't need me, man. <laughs> and that's like, he's got enough fans. I don't need it. He doesn't need me watching him as well. And this sounds like a good reason why not to as well. It sounds fucking horrifying. <laughs> yeah, but I just, but what <laughs> I mean is like, so I just, I don't know, like, if that lifestyle well, where someone can afford to make a loss on the blueberries for an experience that we can't put, you know, can't put words to or can't put a number on, mm. like, how much longer does that still have a place to live without that person ultimately like just succumbing to yeah like that I don't know those resources just unfortunately being grabbed yeah yeah you know I think if anyone's got a a good amount of time to do it it's Australians compared to everyone else in the world because it's a global problem that you're talking about and we've got all the space none of the people all the potential yeah I know (laughs) <laughs> and that, that's what I mean so I like we're so lucky to be positioned we, that way do we just build a wall <laughs> what do you reckon we don't need one man we've got the biggest moat in the world like <laughs> yeah boy yeah but I think like I think those people I don't know I, that, that appeals to me on just so many different levels yeah yeah, yeah. I don't know I mean I, it's just like it's a matter of just Allowing yourself not to just buy into the bullshit. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> and just acknowledging the opportunity as very real. 
Yeah. Right there. I'm just going, you know what? I don't need that shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, for me, it's like, it's security. Yeah. Like, having, be, being independent, I think, like, it's very conspiratorial to say, but it's, it's dangerous for a government to have a lot of independent people who don't need to rely on services yeah. or anything. But it should be an amazing thing. That should be one less bunch of people that we have to worry about because they're looking after themselves. And then yeah, but all the money it would have... person not paying tax. Yeah, but there's all... I mean, you'll, there'll always be tax, no matter how yeah. you live. But you can minimise it and you can minimise like the... It's like just a give and take thing. And it's yeah. weird that that's frowned on as a negative thing by yeah. a government that should be celebrating it as a positive. For sure. Oh, man, as always, heaps of questions. No answers. <laughs> More questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pleasure, pleasure. Pleasure, it's been great. <laughs> yeah, it's good, out. Good time. Oh, shit. Oh, this phone's so cool. Too.